Welcome to the CLB Forge podcast sponsored by North American Mission. This is a show to help equip you and your church for mission, ministry, and multiplying disciples. Hello and welcome into the CLB Forge podcast. We're happy to have you here listening to us. I'm Mike Natal. And I'm Dan Stenberg. Today we find ourselves at Tuscarora Inn and Conference Center again in Mount Bethel, Pennsylvania, and we are recording at Pastor's School. A Pastor's School is an opportunity for pastors to gather here at Tuscarora. Uh, there's a little bit of continued education that goes on. This week we are learning from Nathaniel Zabodi. Uh, And it gives us a great opportunity to gather together. And so we figured as the podcast, we would take the opportunity. Uh, We have a bunch of missionaries who are here with us, and we've been blessed by uh, each and every one of them. And so we've been encouraged to be able to sit down uh, with Christina and Matt Smith. Thank you for being here with us. Hello. Hi. Thank you. Nice to be here. It is it is great to uh, to have you guys here. It's it's awesome to get to meet you, and as we do with everybody that we welcome to the podcast, we have our very first very important question, and that is, what was your favorite cartoon growing up? We'll start with you, Matt. You know, I liked a lot of Looney Tunes growing up as a kid, but uh, I think the uh, Roadrunner was probably my favorite. Roadrunner, yeah, yeah. dropping the mandals. Yeah. Like, yeah, man. I mean, got to go with the dynamite. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I used to love when they used to paint the tunnel and he'd run right. The coyote would run right into it. Yeah, I would laugh so hard at that. Yeah. And Christina? I'm going to go with My Little Pony. My Little Pony? But we're talking original my Little Pony, like it's old not the school My Little Bronies, MLP. but like the, I know, yeah. no, not the current age My Little Pony. Okay. So I encourage you to Google 1990 My Little Pony. Was it that much better? Is that much better? Yeah, so much better. I've bought like the DVD of the old school My Little Pony for my okay. kids to watch today. Okay, nice. that good. That's actually really interesting that you said that. So we're batching three podcasts in a row, and so episode seventy that aired prior to this one, uh, we did Kirsty and uh, John Olson, and Kirsty's favorite is My Little Ponies no. as well. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna so have to hit two her up My Little later. Ponies. Oh, yeah. You guys can have a little uh, yeah. watch session tonight, oh, right? I like Applejack. You liked Glory? Yeah. She had a unicorn. Rainbow Dash? Or no, is that no, just see, the new one? No, that's new. Yep. No, you just, you just tried to outing yourself. You don't even have kids, bro. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're not supposed to watch Uh-oh. that crap. Uh-oh. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> the reason why I watched it was because we had three foster kids and oh, okay. we had a girl okay. who really liked the new. You're absolved. Rain- yeah. Oh, so. man. All right. All right. All right. Go ahead, Daniel. Hey, well, again, it's great to have you here. And now that we've gotten to know you a, a little bit better. Why don't, you, why don't you just tell us a little bit more about yourselves? Uh, obviously, my name is Matt Smith, here with my wife, Christina. We have five children, ages 14 down to five. Can you name them all? <laughs> he can't oh, even my... name all their ages because oh, no. one just turned six. I'm sorry. That's six. right. She just turned six a few weeks ago. Yes, our youngest is Evangeline. She is six. <laughs> we have an eight-year-old. His name is Bastion. The next one is 10. His name is Noam. And he'll be quick to tell you, not Noah, but Noam. Mm-hmm. And then we have 12-year-old Verity, and our 14-year-old is McClellan. Nice. I grew up in the Phoenix area. Shortly after college, moved to Kansas to be nearer to Matt, who we'd been dating long distance uh, after a, a brief online introduction in our early days. We got married in 2004 and lived in Kansas for 16 years. 
something like that. Before, yeah, heading out to France last year. I heard the barbecue there is pretty good. Is this is this Casey? factual? Oh yeah. Kansas City barbecue. There's so did you live in Kansas City or outside of Kansas? Right outside of right Lawrence, outside. Lawrence nice. Kansas. Yep. So I grew up in western Kansas. Okay. Probably never actually dreamt that I'd ever leave Kansas, but here I am. Nice. Been several different places since then. But I have had barbecue in a gas station in Kansas City. Oklahoma Joe's. Oklahoma Joe's. That might the actually best. be the best yeah. barbecue. Nice. So. Hey, nice I'm happy choice. to hear that. Uh-huh. You got the right spot. Yeah. I, I got there really early. Oh, yeah. And there was still a line. Oh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. but it was worth it. I've, I've never set foot on Kansas soil. You should. We have uh, some relatives who live on the western portion right near Colorado. And then we have some friends that live in Salina. Oh, so yeah. we've, we've been so in. Matt and, went to school. So nice. There as well. Yeah. So we've been in and out of Kansas a few times. So when did you guys first sense your call into international mission? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I would say it probably started back in 2016 for us or for me rather um started at uh, the church we were going to at that time which was uh, evangelical presbyterian church they had a ice cream social with uh, everybody that had went on summer missions um over the summer and kind of introduced and just talked about what they did for ministry over the summer and one of those missions was a vocational mission to haiti and uh i never really considered myself an evangelist i wasn't interested in missions or ministry but Kind of got a little prod from Christina. She's like, hey, you could do that. You know, you have a electrical background. My background's in electronic engineering. And nice. uh, so the following year, I jumped on the opportunity to go. One of my friends was leading it. Majority of it was high school students. So I went along and we got to teach and train um, uh, Haitian children that are aging out of the orphanage that they were in. And uh, really enjoyed what we were doing there hmm. but uh i you know came back never really thought a whole lot about it there was you know some things that you know well i think this could be done better or i like this or i didn't like that and so we had been we had some friends that were with uh emi or had been with emi at, at one time and so we started exploring some engineering missions and different opportunities and and from there i uh, found a ministry organization there which was just actually one individual that was in haiti and Started communicating with him. Travis Nipple Travis out of Nipple. PA. Yes. That's right. Shout out. Yeah. Yep. Shout out right to there. Travis. Dropping in Johnstown. Oh, so, Johnstown. Johnstown, nice. PA. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, that, uh, you know, nothing really came about until Hurricane Matthew. And then I, I, you know, we were, I remember laying in bed and she was standing across the bedroom somewhere. And I just, I think it was one morning. And I was like, you know, I feel called that I, I just need to do something um, and go and didn't really have any opportunities. Travis didn't do short term missions. He really focused on working with Haitians, teaching and training them to do the work he was doing. But this presented an opportunity and he had some funding to do some relief work from the hurricane. And so I took the opportunity. I went and spent a week with him doing what he does normally and a week of uh, relief work and uh, really got to know his organization and liked what he was doing. Uh, what he was doing was teaching and training Haitians to do solar installations for missionaries uh, across Haiti and uh, discipling them through that process. And that really kind of gave me a call, and we were pursuing a call into missions to Haiti, and uh, one thing led to the next. And Until spring of 2017, yeah. when I called Teresa Zabodi. 
and was like, <laughs> okay. hey, Teresa, it's been 20 years since I've talked to you. Because backtrack, as a child, I grew up in the um, LB Church in Tempe, Arizona, okay. Desert Rose, um, which initially was led by Ken and Jane Narvison. Mm-hmm. And um, after they left, Paul and Teresa came in with their, I don't know, I think like six kids at the time. And our families were real tight for the years that they were in Arizona before they were called to, to France and to Chad, too. So I, thinking about going to Haiti, thought, oh, I know somebody who had a whole lot of kids and went to the mission field and... Let me call her for some advice. So that's what I did. I um, called Teresa and was like, hey, we're heading to Haiti. Kind of told her about Matt's background with Haiti and his skill set and the reasons why we were looking into going to missions for engineering and solar and and working with locals to kind of help out other local missions. And Teresa just quietly in her way said, you know, we could really use someone like Matt in Chad. (laughs) And I was like, that's really sweet of you. We're going to Haiti. We had made several attempts to go to Haiti. I really wanted her to go on a vision trip because I just had some concerns. You know, how did our family go or would make it there? And what did she think? And really wanted to get her involvement in it. And we come up with multiple closed doors. And the final one was actually we had tickets bought to go to Haiti. And a few days before we were going to leave, one kid got the flu. Two days later, the next one got the flu. All the way up until we actually had to finally cancel our trip and not go canceled our plane tickets. Delta was very gracious, gave us full credit. And the night that we were supposed to leave, actually it was a Haitian girl that was living with us at the time, volunteered to watch our children for us while we went out on a date to process. And and we had been putting off a call with Dan Vinberg just to discuss missions in Chad. And we thought, you know, this is scheduled for when we get back from Haiti. Mm. Let's see if he's available tonight while we're out processing. And, And we actually, he was available. We took that call. And you know, when I hung up from that or when we got done with that call, I was like, well, man, that didn't go how I thought. You know, it, it ended <laughs> in an invitation to go and join him on a vision trip to Chad since there was something there. And since Delta had credited us back our flight, you know, and we'd already raised funds to go to Haiti, we had all the funding necessary already to go. And this was a trip just a couple months away. So I jumped on the opportunity and went. Between the time that we had, I had been to Haiti with Travis and the time that we got the invitation from Dan, Christina and I had taken the course Perspectives on the World Christian Movement, and it really opened our hearts and our minds to unreached people groups, and specifically for me, for Muslims. And so that had a play in a lot of this from the time that she initially talked to Teresa to the point when Dan had extended this invitation. It's just I, I, I really had a change. Which was like a year and a half later. Yeah. So this hmm. is a long term. Wow. Yeah. It takes time. Kind man. of slow yeah. change over for sure. You bet. Yeah. So I took him up in the opportunity, was able to get all my vaccinations and everything necessary in time and my visa and spent, I think it was 16 days with him and Chad and helped with the Narvison home at that time. It was transitioning it from what it was with Dan's old home to right. what it is now with Dave and Sonia's home and installing specifically the solar removing the old solar system, installing a new solar system, Uh came back and I really had a sense and call to Chad and to ministry. And we went and visited the seminary to explore pursuing a CTS program. Mm -hmm. At the seminary in Fergus? In Fergus, yeah. Okay. Early that next year in January timeframe, something like that, we had decided that, uh, yeah, this is something we're going to pursue as a family and, uh, and go that direction. Awesome. Yeah, it was early 2019 that we'd gone out to Fergus and then by, so it was like January. And then by March, that was when Dan and Matt Rognes, who was leading LBIM at the time, called us up and said, hey, we have 
A little bit of an alteration to the plans. What do you guys think about going to France first, skipping the CTS for now to go do some technical work on the field? So it was like your first term will kind of be helping to get technical things up and running in several different locations in Chad. And so after that first term, we they thought we would just come back during our first furlough, do the CTS. And so we went to France. That was in December of 19, 2019. 2019. And, uh, you know, the first two and a half months went fantastic. Time was very, very normal in France for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, as, as, as could be, um, you know, uh, could be expected like the other students had all experienced. And then slowly COVID started to ramp up and Good everything just went kaput after that. It was yeah. just, we spent two and a half months in confinement in our homes and, you know, had to bring the kids home and try to do impromptu homeschooling in French. And wow. So yeah, it was a, it was a very challenging year um, for us in France. We took the opportunity to take a, a short vacation while we were in France during the summer break uh, from school. Um, that took us down into Nice, where there was a family that run from Texas that runs a ministry, ministering to missionaries, and basically a, a bed and breakfast, essentially, nice. for missionaries. And it was a great retreat for the whole family, and got to experience a little bit of something else in France, practice some of our French. Just did a, did a great time. We returned, came back, spent the rest of our break doing fun things with friends, and until then, uh, I think as most people know, I had a motorcycle accident while out riding with a friend that was getting ready to go to Senegal. We went sightseeing, and I had a mal- mechanical malfunction on my motorcycle, causing a causing a wreck. So from yeah. that point forward, uh, for me, you know, I, I probably had the easy end of the deal, I guess. Um, you know, I spent four and a half months in the hospital, but Christina was at home an hour away with the kids and kind of kind of stuck. Mm. So this is in France. This is in France. Yeah. Yeah, I bet that was pretty difficult huh it was <laughs> it was an interesting that? time i think and i i wrote about it recently in the magazine article mm-hmm. um just this last month how quickly this was in faith and fellowship right yes just so that people yeah, yeah. so people can read the july the, august right july august yeah. how encouraging it was to see the body of christ respond through prayer and that mm. was kind of the focus of this last issue of faith and fellowship so that early on I feel like for me and for all the people overseas, you know, here who were so concerned about what was going on, we didn't know a whole lot, obviously, early on. It was just a comfort to know that everybody was praying that even though we didn't have a lot of information, it was it was all good. And I mean, to the point that even, you know, friends who were on the scene or who had come to kind of give me the news, they said, yeah, he might have like a broken arm. You know, we're not sure. And I'm like, okay, that's no big, like, so we didn't even really know the full extent. You didn't know the full extent of your injuries until a couple days later and seeing how the Lord even protected us from too much information at Mm -hmm. once, you know, like Mm -hmm. he's got a broken neck. And I mean, his entire spine, like all the bones in his spine were broken in some way or another, like actual broken bones. And so, you know, and ended up having all these surgeries and a recent one again here in in Minnesota. And just to know that God was faithful through each of these little steps. Like we got as much information as we needed for that day. We had friends and family, you know, there in France who were helping with childcare, providing rides through the car, you know, with their cars. Because I didn't drive a stick shift, so it was very limited (laughs) in what I could do. And then even as COVID restrictions made it harder and harder for me to even get to Grenoble where he was in the hospital, the Lord was faithful to just give us what we needed up until the point where we 
definitely felt called to come back and to to pursue more rehab, more surgery potentially to prepare us for Chad. You know, to try to explain to the French doctors, like, here's the shape we need to be in so that we can go to Africa. And they're like, oh, he'll be fine. And we're like, no, no, I don't think you understand. We were going to Africa. He can't be walking with a cane for the rest of his life. So, you know, right. it, we just didn't know what we were dealing with fully, even until we got back here. Time that I spent in the hospital, it was, it was a huge privilege to have a front row seat to God's uh, miracles and mm. the power of prayer. And the power of prayer is just tremendous. And that's kind of what Christina wrote about, you know, in, in the Faith and Fellowship magazine. It's just how powerful and how much that meant to have everybody praying for us. Well, and it was interesting because we've often been part of those prayer teams when you hear about, right. I mean, our friend, same friend, Travis from PA had gotten to a terrible, horrible accident in Haiti recently. And so we were part of this global, you know, uprising to pray for him and his family and to see how quickly and how, how amazingly he healed and was able to move on. And then to be not too many months later receiving the exact same thing. To be like, we've never been on this receiving end. Mm, this you know, is yeah. it, it, surreal. It even gave me a ministry opportunity inside the rehabilitation clinic. I had doctor, you know, the doctor was saying, I, I just can't explain it. You're making such a fast recovery. And I said, I can. It's God. Nice. Mm-hmm. You know, so and physical just... therapists who were like, what is a missionary? Why would you go to <laughs> Africa? Tell me what you do. You know, I mean, opportunities right. left and right. So. Yeah, that's you know, I sweet. still have a friend that I communicate with from that rehabilitation clinic, um, and he's still there. Wow. He was there a few weeks hmm. before me and, and is still there and a Muslim friend and, and we maintain uh, communication periodically. So it's given, you know, God's provided in these crazy ways that we never, ever thought possible. Awesome. Even in France, you know, our attempt yeah. to go to Chad, but, you know, we have these other opportunities. Absolutely. Yeah. So you guys shared with us about France and now you guys are home and you've already shared kind of going through uh, maybe having potential for more surgery occurring and stuff like that. So how's the healing process going and how's your family adjusting to being back? Like you were in France for uh, how, about a year a in year. and now you guys are back. So how's the adjustment going? How are you healing? How's all that going? Yeah. So um, my last surgery was in April at the Mayo Clinic fantastic surgeons there and you know i'm doing great you know Good. considering i'm nice. three three and a half months post-op now yeah, and, i mean i've been I'm, seeing you up like walking around yeah. and stuff i'm like i mean hey it sounds like things are going good like it looks good and basically look they, good. they they reconstructed everything they did in france redid it all oh. and i'm doing oh, okay doing great i mean three months post-op in france i wasn't nowhere near where i'm at now so i'm making huge oh. huge recoveries but yeah I, i'm doing great got one ankle surgery remaining and hopefully that's okay. the last thing awesome so in this interim that we're here now as a family matt's going to be starting the cts program that we were going to do on that first furlough after our three years in chad okay so our i mean our family's doing well we the kids have done very well. I think COVID year was really, it was hard enough and Mm -hmm. it was in another culture and language that coming back to Minnesota for them didn't feel like a setback. It was like, yeah, we need to go back to America. So everybody, you know, kind of embraced that and shout out to Community of Joy, Egan, Minnesota, Danny and Mandy Bronson. I mean, this whole community of faithful body of Christ loving people who welcomed us, who have given us a place in this worshiping community, uh, you know, helped us make our home in Burnsville. It's been... Mm -hmm. We landed in the afternoon and Danny and Mandy had found a home for us. So we started renting before we landed and the community of joy and other churches in the area helped equip this home. And we walked into, you know, just such a blessing of beds made. Awesome. Mm. Toys, a few toys for the kids. Pictures on the fridge. It was so sweet. It was so awesome. Did you have pizza with them yet at Egan? 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, All right. pizza, oh yeah. yeah. Pizza night. Yep. Yeah. Pizza night. Three times this summer. It's nice. been great. Yep. They're awesome brick That's oven. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. So we've talked a little bit about how you've seen uh, God's hand in the midst of like all the difficulties and, and just the, the kind of the craziness of the last like few years. And that's encouraging. It's, it's awesome to hear that. It's, it's awesome to see that. And, and it's not done, right? You're, you're, you're continuing to, to look forward. What does that look like? So you got your CTS in, in Fergus here for the next little bit and then you're heading back to Chad. Is that where we're going? How's that look? Right. Yeah. So next week I start with the introductory course to seminary. I got a week off and I'm going to do my ankle surgery in that point in time or during that period. And then on the 7th of September, we uh, start seminary full time. So we are moving from Burnsville to Fergus Fergus Falls. Falls. All right. So uh, I didn't feel like I could do well with distance learning full time as a student. So I'm, I'm we wanted to make the move. It's going to be a huge cost savings on rent and just yeah. get that face-to-face interaction with other students and the professors yep. and also kind huge, of, man. you know, be that central location for the LB Church and really get to know a lot of people since we're coming from outside the LB Church most recently. And, and I've never been in the LB Church until we became missionaries. So yeah, um, it's providing a huge opportunity for us there, you know, and, and we've been really blessed with just thinking through the process of, of timing. It looks like we're going to get back to Chad or go to Chad. In June, we've got the Narvisons going back here at the end of this year. We've got the Zabodis that'll be going back, I think, in May timeframe. So somewhere. June 2022 is when you're looking at landing in Chad? That is our goal, yeah. Awesome. Goal. And uh, then also the Rose family that just yeah. leaving mm-hmm. today to go to France to start their language study. They will be going and transitioning to Chad in that June time frame as well. So had we went in January this year, we would be the only ones there, except for the fact the Wynn family is there that just got there from Taiwan. Right, right. And... Uh, so Jamina's going to be bumping. Yeah. That's that's what I keep hearing. Like, like June is just going to be wild in Jamina. So oh, that's, that's going to be great. I love hearing that. I'm part of a pastor's prayer gathering on Thursdays uh, that meets at 11. And it's great to put a face with the name. And Danny's a big part of that prayer gathering. And so we pray for you guys regularly. I mean, I remember when Danny first brought up, you know, the accident and then going through and praying to find a car because of the stick that shift so situation Thank you. and you know we've been we've been praying for wow. that and and how can our listeners be praying for you guys as you're kind of traversing through this anything in particular comes to mind yeah for me i, I you know just this next transition that we have for us and for our kids we're waiting to see if we can get out of our current lease that we're in in Burnsville mm-hmm. and get out of that so we can transition to the home that we have rented already in Fergus Falls so that's huge um, and just a smooth transition for the kids we have you know, different medical care needs that we're, that we're doing. So we're seeking out, going to be seeking doctors and, mm. and care in and around Fergus and mm-hmm. hopefully try to limit our travel back to the, the city's area. Just, you know, try to keep us somewhat stable in one area. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest, Matt's an engineer. So for Matt Smith to be pursuing a certificate of theology in missions with all the reading and all the writing is going to take supernatural (laughs) help for sure. And he's going to do great because of that. I mean, that's the thing that's so encouraging is to know that the Lord provides and it's not about the grades, right? It's about the time spent and the things learned to take that information with us to Chad for the benefit of, of witnessing to our neighbors while we, once we get there. So I think, yeah, prayers for, for all of us as we navigate this time of being a a student family, we've never done that before. 
we haven't. So, so yeah. I'm hoping we have some, you know, we homeschool, so Christina will be doing that full time, but I'm mm-hmm. hopeful that she'll have some time to, I know she's very interested in taking some seminary courses as mm-hmm. well. Cool. So, uh, doing some auditing. Yeah. I'm, I'm prayerful that she's able to get some of those done. Yeah. And like she said, just get my engineering brain wrapped around <laughs> reading and theology and seminary and, and. Yep. Awesome. Well, hey, it's been great to, to spend this time with you guys, getting to know you a little better and, and getting to, to just talk about what life has been like, the call to ministry, time in France. It's, it's been good. This has been awesome. So thank yeah, you for, for, for taking us. this time. For it's, yeah. it's great to know more like ways to, to be able to pray for you guys as well. So, hey, God bless you as you continue your transitions here from Burnsville into, into Fergus and then uh, on to Chad in, in, in a couple like months here. Yeah. yeah. Like that. It's awesome. So, hey, again, thank you for sitting down and for those listening thank you for joining us today thank you for being a part of the podcast and you know if you just want to share it and and like it and let people know about it that'd be fantastic and we'll catch you next time thank you for listening to the clb forge podcast sponsored by north american mission we welcome your feedback email us at podcast at clbforge.org